Hello and welcome to Digital Insights featuring topics from the BoagWorld.com blog. My name is Paul Boag and on this podcast I offer advice on user experience and digital transformation. Today I want to talk to you about your calls to action because calls to action are a huge part of my job. I talk about them when I'm working with agencies and coaching them. I fixate on them when I'm building prototypes for clients and they continually come up in my expert reviews. And that's because an effective call to action is the, an essential part of any website. A call to action is not just limited to e-commerce sites either. Every website should have a goal that they want users to complete, whether it's filling in a contact form, signing up for a newsletter or volunteering their time. A call to action provides a focus for your website and a way of measuring the success of it. It also provides direction for your users. How then can you create effective calls to action? Well, in this little uh, podcast, I want to share with you 10 techniques that will help achieve exactly that. Number one is to focus on the value your call to action provides. Before a user is willing to complete a call to action, they have to recognize the need. Infomercials do this really well. Before they ask people to respond, they first identify a problem and then present a product that solves that problem. You also need to communicate the benefits that come from responding. What will the user get out of completing their call to action? But beware, sometimes in our rush to uh, create a compelling call to action, we lose clarity. On some sites I visit, it's not immediately obvious what they do. The copy is so compelling and emotional, but it's not very obvious. You need both for it to work. Number two is to address the user's questions about the call to action, because completing a call to action is often a step of trust on behalf of users. They may have to make a payment or to give you their personal details, and that means that they often have questions and concerns, concerns they will need addressing before they're willing to take action. Customers shouldn't have to go hunting for your delivery charges or return policy. And you'll need to reassure them that if they're signing up for your newsletter, that you won't share their email address and they'll want to know how much how you're going to be emailing them and how easy it is to unsubscribe. Number three, have a small number of distinct calls to action. It's also important to focus your actions, you see. Too many and the user is going to become overwhelmed. Studies in supermarkets have shown that if a shopper sees too many options, they're less likely to buy. By limiting the choice that a user has to make, you reduce the amount of mental effort. You guide the user through the site step by step. This applies to everything from navigational options to calls to action. The number of appropriate calls to action will vary from site to site. But it's not so much about the number of calls to action as the distinctiveness of each. Take, for example, a recent pre-order I tried to make with Amazon. On their mobile app, I was presented with two calls to action. The problem is there was no real distinction between the two. One said pre-order now and the other one said pre-order today. Which option was I meant to click? Number four, think about how you position your call to action. Another important factor is the position of your call to action on the page. You should place it high on the page and in the central column. But beware, this doesn't guarantee success, especially if you have images of faces on the page. Faces draw our attention away from a call to action. Fortunately, we can use this to our advantage too. 
If the face and the call to action are associated, it's going to help users um, focus on the call to action. Alternatively, if the face is looking towards the call to action, it's also going to draw the eye towards it. Don't only consider the calls to action position on the page, but also think about the right time to ask the user to respond. When I was recently buying a t-shirt, they presented me with a pop-up. A pop-up that promised me a discount in return for my email address. The problem was I hadn't seen any t-shirts at this point. I didn't know if I wanted a discount because I didn't know if I wanted one of the t-shirts. They'd asked me to complete their call to action, signing up for a newsletter, at entirely the wrong time. Number five, use negative space around your call to action. It's not only the position of your call to action that matters, it's also the space around it. The more space you place around your call to action, the more attention you will draw to it. Cluttering up your call to action with surrounding content uh, will mean that it gets lost in the noise of the page. A simple comparison between the Yahoo and Google homepages shows you how negative space draws the eye to the call to action, in this case, the search box. Number six, consider using alternative colors on your calls to action. Color is an effective way of drawing attention to elements, and this is especially true if the rest of the site has a very limited color palette. You can use a different color for your calls to action, and that will draw the user's attention. Of course, you can never solely rely on color because many users are colorblind and are not going to see that contrast. Number seven, when it comes to calls to action, size does matter. As web designers, we often get annoyed, don't we, as, um, when clients ask us to make things bigger. And it's true that size isn't everything. After all, we've already established that position, color and white space are equally important. But we can't deny that size does play a large part. The bigger the call to action, the more chances our users will notice it. Also, a large call to action enables us to add more compelling copy because there's more space. Number eight, use scarcity to encourage action. An understanding of psychology will make a big difference in how effective your calls to action are. For example, creating a sense of urgency by limiting supply can encourage users to act. People hate missing out. To create a sense of urgency and the need to act now, consider using a limited time discounts or a limited supply or highlighting how quickly things are selling out. Booking.com uses this idea of scarcity well. They show you how few rooms are still available and then they tell you how many people are currently viewing that hotel and this spurs you into action. You fear that if you don't book a room soon, it's going to be gone. That's the power of scarcity. But this is just the tip of a very large iceberg. To learn more about the power of psychology, I recommend a book which is 100 Things Every Designer Needs to Know About People. Number nine, follow through on your calls to action. Consider what happens when the user responds to your call to action. The rest of the process needs to be as sought through as the call to action itself. After all, the journey rarely ends when the user clicks a call to action. There might be a sign up process, email communications or any number of different steps. And you need to streamline that process um, to avoid distraction. Distractions which might stop the user from finishing the process they've begun. Number 10. Have a call to action on every page. Make sure that your call to action isn't just found on your homepage. Every page on your site should have some form of call to action to lead the user on. If the user reaches a dead end, then they'll leave without responding. 
For example, the main call to action on my site is to sign up for my newsletter. To make sure you don't miss it, I've placed it at the bottom of every single page. Your call to action doesn't need to be the same for each page as in my case. Instead, you could have a number of smaller actions that lead the user towards the ultimate goal. A good call to action will make all the difference to your conversion, but these techniques can be dangerous too because they can manipulate users' interaction. This is especially true when we start delving into the world of psychology. But this often creates buyer's remorse. Users feel like they've been tricked and will, it will often lead to negative comments online, comments that can damage your long-term sales. So attempting to manipulate users is only going to annoy them. But the problem just doesn't stop there. In our desperation to convert, we can also shove our actions down the user's throat. We can annoy users with overlays and pop-up boxes and things like that. Although these techniques do work, they come at a price. Because for every user you convert, you alienate 10 more. When it comes to calls to action, proceed with caution. Don't only focus on conversion, also focus on perception. How does the call to action reflect on your brand? If you do, then it's going to help you improve your bottom line over the long term.